A startup is a company or project undertaken by an entrepreneur to seek, develop, and validate a scalable business model. Now, while entrepreneurship refers to all new businesses, including self-employment and businesses that never intend to become registered, startups refer to new businesses that intend to grow large beyond the solo founder. At the beginning, startups face high uncertainty and have high rates of failure, but a minority of them do go on to be successful and influential. Now, some startups become unicorns, that is, privately held startup companies valued at over $1 billion. CB Insights just published their analysis of 101 startup post-mortems suggesting the top three reasons why startups fail include lack of market need, running out of funds, and not having the right team. But that's a global view. On this episode of Podchats for Future CIO, we have with us Mr. Paddy Tan, Managing Partner at Blackstorm Consulting, to share his opinion and analysis on the startup landscape in Asia and what makes or breaks startups. Paddy, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Hey, hi, uh, Alan. Thanks for having me also. Thank you. <laughs> How has the environment for startups changed in 2020 and has it improved this year, 2021? So probably what I'll do is that I'll just jump in what happened in 2020 in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the uh, the nature of my work, uh, you know, Blackstone Consulting is basically a company that helps businesses structure, restructure, and even scale their businesses. Majority of our clientele are actually funded startup. That means a startup that have been funded. And also we work with uh, family office, we work with uh, listed companies, and also at the same time we work with small, medium-sized uh enterprise companies also. Uh, majority of the work that we have done are mainly more focused on, uh, you know, uh, they want to scale their businesses uh, rapidly. Uh, sad to say, 2020, uh, several countries got locked down. You know, like Blackstone itself is from Singapore. So uh, as you know, Singapore is a very small country. So a majority of the clientele that we have are always, you know, we, we need to travel. And uh, when the pandemic came, a couple of our companies actually closed down during this period of time. Most of us can't travel. This also means that the direct impact to startups that are in the midst of fundraising or had been funded, the, the biggest problem that they face are, are typically, number one, with lockdown means that everybody going to be staying at home. This means that uh, you can have no access to your company at all. So this is very important for startups, especially in the startup. You need to have uh, groups of people gather together, brainstorming, lots of talking, lots of planning, strategizing and stuff like that. And uh, this is where the difference between startups and many other non-startup businesses is that they make decisions very fast and they can rapidly you know, uh, implement and execute. And if it hits a wall, it doesn't work out, they can quickly pivot and then uh, they move on. Mm-hmm. But however, the moment you know, you're stuck at home, it's very different. Yes, uh, you, you may be able to do you know, Zoom call, you may be able to do your Microsoft team, talk to each other and everything. But uh, the, the kind of rapport is probably takes a while for everybody to, you know, to figure it out. And uh, moreover, uh, a lot of startup uh, environment actually allows you to have the kind of ecosystem where you can mingle with other startups. So, you know, just uh, let's say uh, you know, you're in a co-working space or in an accelerator program, you can just walk over, talk to your fellow startups that are in the same accelerator programs. You can walk over and talk to them. And then you guys can even brainstorm. So this, this is what makes a uh, startup ecosystem very interesting. You guys may not be competitors, but uh, you may probably be in the same ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Like for example, maybe the ordering of food. Uh, it, it sounds quite straightforward, but uh, you, you have people who's actually on the point of sales. You have people that are involved in the payment. You have people involved in the uh, logistics delivery, packaging, how to make the food fresher, not that kind of stuff. So you can actually cut across different ecosystems. Uh, but when the pandemic happens, uh, a lot of people are actually stuck. So usually it ended up you only talking among yourself in your own team. And uh, this is where the generating of new ideas are uh, sort of like slow down quite a fair bit. And uh, it's just also incidentally for companies like us, uh, we got coined quite a fair bit because, you know, the innovation, the ideas, the brainstorming, 
it actually slow down a fair bit. And when that happens, it means that the kind of executions that you're supposed to do, it may not be executed as what you want. Because, uh, you know, uh, in, in startup, is that like you execute and then you find you hit the wall very quickly and you can pivot. But the problem is that when you are not physically, but everything is doing virtually, your implementation and your execution, you may not be able to see the result immediately. Because ultimately, when you want to hit the wall, you want to target usually the potential customers, potential clientele. They are physically there. And when that is not happening, the so-called the bounce back takes a much longer. Sad to say, startups that are funded may not even be 100% funded. Typically, a lot of startups are like, you know, uh, get funded for the first 50%. And then the other 30% is probably another milestone. And then another 20% is probably another milestone. So for some of these startups that are stuck, with the 50%, they are not able to do enough R&D, they are not enough to execute, uh, then ended up they cannot get another rest of the 30% or rest of the 20% to survive. This is one of the biggest challenges that we have seen so far. And in 2021, is it improving so far? We're mid-year in 2021, right? I think a lot of us uh, went through the 2020 thinking that by 2021, or at least some of us thought that, you know, by around second quarter, we should be able to resume back our life or new new normal, whatever you call it. But again, look at uh, what is happening now. Thailand having another round of lockdown, Singapore having around another round of lockdown. Even countries like uh, Malaysia have another few more lockdowns. So what happened was that uh, it, it actually becomes worse for some companies, worse for some startups, worse for some companies that may also want to buy the services, buy the product. Reason is very simple. When the lockdown actually so-called, uh, you know, uh, ease, not lifted. Uh, a lot of us are taught that, okay, that is the opening. Let's try to recover back whatever that we had lost in during 2020 and then we push forward. So this is also where a lot of startups will start to put in more resources and, you know, there may be some other startups that close down and uh, talents are available. So people start hiring thinking that, okay, this is the way we got vaccination coming up. Let's quickly just push it up. And uh, ended up quite a handful of startups actually pump in more money for R&D, trying to cover or recover back whatever they had, they had lost over the past nine months, 12 months. So a lot of people start pumping in all this and then VCs was like, okay, we, we couldn't move as fast. So now let's put in more money. And when that happens, lockdown happens again. So yeah, sort of like in a catch-22 situation that you thought that 2021 should be better than 2020. But uh, the problem is now now in 2021, you, you pump in more money, you put in, you hire more people, and then you know you have contract all going around. So this simply means that you're stuck. That means you can't just, even you hire someone, you want to fire someone, you want to let go of someone, there's always a cost, there's always operation, there's always emotion. Uh, and especially in a certain industry that you thought that it was okay, like travel industry, you know, the booking management systems and all this. Last year was really bad. And uh, this year, everybody thought, hey, you know, we should be able to fly more, have more business meetings, and uh, you know, booking for hotels, transportation, everything is going to come up. So a lot of people started to do that. And this is what we witnessed. And when that happens, it means that they are stuck in a position that is actually worse off than when in 2020. So in general, if you ask me, is it a better year? Uh, to be honest, we are now six months into the year. And uh, I seriously doubt that any countries are going to be open up uh no, anything sooner or later. And uh, when that happens, uh, this is probably going to be uh, another hit to a lot of companies. In other words, 2021 is probably worse off than 2020. Can you cite three common mistakes that startup entrepreneurs make, especially during the early stages of, of their startup development? You've been a startup yourself years ago. You've been a, you're a serial entrepreneur. So you've seen what works and what doesn't work. Can you cite three common mistakes that uh, startup entrepreneurs make? 
Sounds a bit cliche. Product, people, and process. Uh, I'll start off with these three first. Uh, product, I think a lot of startups are uh, they in the pursuit of uh, running a startup. It also means that some folks actually want to have a perfect product. But the problem is that uh, you see, uh, in terms of the perfect products, uh, it is actually defined by different individuals. There's no such thing as a perfect product to everybody. So sometimes in the pursuit of having a perfect product, it simply means that the perfect is always is never perfect, or the product is never perfect. You know, the definition of perfect is actually very difficult. So I ended up a lot of uh, actually founders you know even the teams uh, they actually pursue to have a perfect product to fit a perfect market interestingly the market is never perfect because like uh, you know demands uh, is, uh, may not always be there it may go up it may go down like for example <coughs> some startups that I, I came across with they thought hey you know pandemic is here mask you know, N95 mask the double triple ply layers of mask some see as an opportunity that hey you know we should come up with better mask you know so that uh, you can protect us this and that and stuff yeah they come up with lots of ideas lots of plans uh, probably pivot their business and try to do that. The problem is that uh, the, uh, a perfect product may to you, may, maybe to a, a, a startup is that, hey, the environment now suits this, the market suits this. But guess what? Six months later, another type of virus actually came up. Another variations of the virus came up. So that means the product may not be suitable and it may probably be obsolete overnight. So I think the, in the pursuit of trying to have a perfect product is what may kill a company, especially when you put in the resources, put in the, you know, hiring the talent and all this, uh, only to realize that uh, the product may not be as wanted uh, as, as a high demand as you, as, as you wanted to have. The next one is people. So here's the thing. I, I think in the pursuit of uh, startups, uh, with everybody talk, look into you know, hiring the right people, hiring for different demands and, and stuff like that. The question here will always be, uh, what is the right people? I think there's no right people. Like I myself came across a lot of many of these startups. Maybe a couple of us, uh, a couple of friends sit down, you know, they have an idea, they have a need themselves and then they started this business. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But uh, sad to say, you, you have to realize as the business grow, not all of us as a founder, are actually suitable to be ready for the next level or next stage because like the business grows you know when business grows you may be good in what you were doing earlier in the earlier stage but when it comes to a, a slightly more demanding market slightly more you know a competitive uh, market you, you yourself may not have the capacity or capability to reach that level two things usually happen number one is that uh, the, the founding team may pursue as trying to push themselves a bit harder again nothing that's, that's highly encouraged uh, push themselves higher uh, you know try to meet that particular demands but uh, you have to be realistic that uh, when you reach a certain stage you have to be understand that this you may actually limit the growth of the company instead that means the very person to try to grow the company may be the very person who is actually slowing down the growth so this is where I uh, I always recommend that you know uh, <coughs> you must have very uh, a very frank analysis you know and a very open discussion with your team members saying that guys that we have hit the wall and it may actually be better to bring in someone that's better than us smarter than us and uh, don't probably even get professionals and all this to come in help us to grow uh, why truth to be told let's say you're university students who just graduated whatever said and done you may be doing a lot of summer holidays uh, you know jobs internships whatever but the problem is that you, you are still at that age there may be someone who's had who probably have a 10 years of experience in mechanical engineer in electronic in uh, you know artificial intelligence you, if you spend too much time on trying to be good in something that you're actually not good in then by the time you're more ready on that the world may have moved on and when the world move on then you realize I'm actually too late to the market and I've spent too much money and I've spent too much resources and uh, that may actually give a huge setback which uh, some companies that I know of, they never recover. So that's the people. Last but not least is uh, processes or process. Uh, as we all know, the, the biggest difference between startups and enterprise or corporates uh, is that certain procedures are not really followed entirely. Uh, in a startup, it's more like let's do it first and then we sort out things along the way. Okay. 
nothing wrong. This is the spirit of startup. Uh, but however, when you come to a certain stage of growth, then this is where you need to make things very proper, uh, which is why a lot of companies always get themselves into trouble. It's like, you know, I sit down here, I talk to you, you like me, I like you, let's come up with a plan. We don't talk about shares, we don't take, have documentations because why? I'm your childhood friend for the longest time. So we should trust. Here's the thing, as a, maybe as the business grows bigger, as uh, the money gets larger, people change. And sometimes you are the one who change without you knowing it. So when you don't have a certain processes like, you know, the legal paperwork, what are the things that we should do? And uh, when it happens on the crisis, how should we react? You know, <coughs> what are the procedures that we should actually handle? And uh, if let's say, for example, we roll out a certain product and it doesn't work out, uh, who should be the one to make the decision? Uh, sometimes you don't want to have a collective decision. I know it sounds a bit weird. Sometimes if you try to have like you no, know, all three of us sitting together and all three of us have equal share or even four of us have equal share you know try, try to play the democratic and say hey you know no like, it may not work because sometimes you need to make critical decision in the kind of uh, crisis and uh, when you don't have such uh, processes uh, in place it may actually uh, cause more harm than good for your company and, and the thing is that uh, especially if you put all three together trying to come up with a perfect product trying to have the you know the people to push the perfect product when they are probably not there and in between you don't have any process in place. I think this is the biggest poison when you have all three combined together in the startup. And uh, somehow in my years of investing in uh, startups and, and you know uh, structuring startups, you don't really need all three product, people or process to kill a company. Sometimes just one of them is enough to, to just destroy the company overnight. Wow. Are there particular ways a startup can take advantage of the condition we are in this COVID lockdown and help them push along their original ideas or, or maybe changed ideas? Yes, there's actually a lot of opportunity. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, how should I say? Like in Chinese, there's this word called Wei Ji. In matters of crisis, if you're using the same form, shapes and size to approach a crisis, you will never be ready. Why? Because a crisis is a crisis. Crisis happens, you know, suddenly or overnight or something like that. So the, the best way of it is that you can actually look into it is can you actually pivot, change your size, change your form, you know, change your uh, form, shapes and size, change, pivot some of this to fit the environment rather than to wait for the environment you know, to go back. Like for example, some of the companies that I came across, they are doing traveling you know, apps uh, that has actually no relevancy now. Suddenly, because uh, all your customers are not able to fly. The moment they are not able to fly, means that they are not going to do any booking. And uh, even no matter how much the, uh, you know, probably the tourism board, they try to push staycations and everything. No, there's always this fear. Can you imagine staying in the hotel where probably on the top floor are all the, all the foreign passengers who flew in, they are in the quarantine, and then you are on the lower floor, you know, you know, the help of the aircon duct, the air may be circulated, you know, stuff like that. A lot of people will probably talk of, okay, I'm dead, my business is gone. I think the, the opportunity here is that, uh, uh, should not rush into it. Uh, but let's say, for example, you know, COVID is not new anymore. It, it had been around for, for since uh, 2019 <coughs> when it was so-called first, first discovered but all the way up to today. <coughs> I think the truth of the fact is that uh, don't rush into pivoting the business. I think this is for sure. But uh, you may want to look into, hey, is there any way that I can actually look into a common denominator that I have? So, for example, put the business aside. Okay? That means uh, whatever that I'm doing going ahead, I had probably already hit the wall. Okay? Let's say I'm a travel app. There's no way I'm going to get people traveling. But can I actually flip around to make the services not about overseas guests anymore. Talk about overseas travelers. Talk about local. Can I actually have an app that travel local? Because why? What I want is that I want someone to use the application to buy, to do a booking. That means that it's basically an e-commerce transaction to do a booking. And then in between, I probably get a, a booking fee. You know, I get a margin for it. Or maybe I run the advertisement. I give a voucher and something. So could it be actually, instead of pivoting the whole entire business, how about let's look at clone the whole business out and probably do anything localized. Because why? You have the know-how of running an e-commerce platform. 
basically allowing people to, let's say a travel app, uh, for booking of flights, for booking of hotels. So instead of uh, making it for overseas foreigners fly in and out, why not I just look into, is there anything that I can actually allow people to do booking? Because uh, the concept is the same. You want someone to execute a certain activities, book something, get something, and then in between you get a commission or get a fee from there. So instead of getting foreigners to fly in and out and stuff like that, how about if I do it locally only within the country? For example, uh, what kind of booking? Let's say like, like now, uh, even in different different cities and all this, uh, you, you can't just walk into a restaurant or probably you can't just walk into a clinic, especially let's say you want to do some ad, uh, you know, cosmetic or whatever. You, you can't just walk in. Maybe you need someone to do you know a booking and everything. Calling in may not help so because the quality of the customer service may not be there. So maybe what you can do is that you just localize it, talk to a group, you know, a group of clinics, a group of beauticians and stuff like that. You have the same concept, flip it around, you customize it for their customers to booking with them. So the concept is very similar. Maybe like, I can actually book, instead of me booking a flight, instead of me booking a room, I actually book a slot. Okay, so I just need to book a slot, say, hey guys, I, I want to book maybe a, a 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. for a, a massage. Why? Because I, I'm not going to take the risk of going to the shop and only to realize that because of social distancing. So instead of, you know, the, the there's a couple of chairs and all this, you, you got to separate them. So that means that the, the ability to service probably drop by 50%. So if that's the case, maybe I want to do booking. So you can actually prevent it. Uh, will it help you to replace whatever the business that you're doing? That's a judgment call. Any advice you have for entrepreneurs to be more successful? I think the, in terms of talents, uh, I think this is actually the best time to look for talent. Okay, the best time to look for talents. If you're running a startup uh, or you're an entrepreneur yourself, I think you should not you know, put yourself in into a box. Like, hey, I only hire the, the young or maybe from a top school or whatever. I, I think in a way, some startups, they say, hey, I need to hire certain caliber of uh, people and all this. Uh, but my thing here is that like, this is a COVID, okay, pre-COVID, post-COVID. I think the mental health is also one of the biggest issues, which is why, surprisingly, you said that there are actually a lot of people who are very talented, but because of, you know, they start working from home, mental health actually comes in it kicks in uh, I'm not saying that you should not hire people who have mental health issues no 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 what I'm saying is that uh, you, you should actually look into uh, talents okay that is it's actually more comprehensive compared to last time last time when you hire someone you are looking at like what are the deliverables you know can he or she you know, came out with good brilliant idea brainstorming blah 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 okay nothing wrong that's typical you know uh, you see a hustler you, you can go down to the ground and start running and stuff like that. but uh, realistically now is that a lot of us are stuck at home not everybody can cope with such kind of pressure not everybody can work within a four wall and uh, i could say it may actually be better for you to come up with a more flexible way a bit more progressive way of hiring for all you know some folks are actually very comfortable working from home some folks are totally not comfortable working from home it can't really be it's so inflexible like hey you know uh, once the pandemic is over everybody come back to home i think the business model has to change the way you hire also has to change uh, in a nutshell i take it as if to hire the talents you have to be very open that you should look at people who can deliver irrespective of whether where are they okay and if that works for you it simply means that you are not hiring local folks i mean uh, as a people physically in the same country you can actually open it up to hire the better talents in anywhere in the world why because if some of us are already so used to working from home you're actually opening yourself to more opportunity also if that is the case so why are you restricted to only in the same country because why very simple let's say for example in singapore singapore project manager will probably cost you about seven thousand five sing dollar to about seven thousand five us dollar that's a very expensive it's very, very expensive so if i can actually get someone that can work remotely then in this case and i'm already you know i had one year to to go through that 
So in this case, I may actually instead of trying to save the 7,500, I may actually be able to pay the same amount, but I can get probably a team in other countries. And uh, you can also be more flexible that I'm not going to hire one person. I can actually just take the whole lot from another country where there's a huge disparity in terms of currency exchange. You can actually take it as okay, instead of me hiring 7,500 US dollar per person, I can actually go overseas or some other countries. Guess what? I can work out a deal with them. I'm going to pay you 7,500 to get the work done. I don't really care how many people, but I get the work done. And you are not just buying the person of 8 to 10 hours. You're probably buying a team of people with 8 to 10 hours. And you're talking about a week of say 8 hours times 5. You're buying 40 hours from multiple guys. So I think that that is where you can actually look at in terms of the talents. And uh, regarding the fundraising, uh, I think this is also a huge opportunity. Why? When pandemic happens, well, let's put it this way, none of us are, uh, know when is it going to end. In fact, none of us know how, when is it going to end. So investors, are, you know, those, especially those who have put in the money, they are stuck. Some of them are stuck because uh, the business totally is irrelevant overnight. Uh, not their fault, but uh, somehow it becomes irrelevant. And, uh, you know, especially like VCs, uh, venture capitalists, uh, in the family office, the, the truth of the matter is that they put in the money in and they are stuck. They can't move out. So, but guess what? These people become smarter over time. You have to be smarter over time. You put in the money into a company and then this company could not, you know, could not, could not proceed any further due to the COVID. So that means now they will be using a different pair of glasses to look at the companies that they want to invest in. Simply means that if you as a company, okay, as a business model, you can actually make yourself a bit more resistant to such kind of crisis. Whether is it virus or is it whatever things that's negative. If your team somehow can all work very remotely, this simply means that they are actually not investing in the company anymore. They're actually investing in the people. And if these people can actually survive working anywhere, everywhere in the world, in different time zones, you're actually giving a, a better run of the money. Yeah, just imagine, I, I, let's say I'm an investor, I hire, I invested in a company in Singapore. Singapore and Hong Kong is the same time zone, GMT plus 8, nothing wrong. But what happened if the money I put in is into a business that runs 24-7? That means this startup has people here in Singapore on the GMT plus eight and then they have remote employees in Europe which is a few hours behind and then we have another team or another few folks in New York which is 12 hours different and then in San Francisco so then probably even some in Australia or New Zealand so theoretically this company is like a 7-Eleven or like a Circle K they are running 24-7 why because we gotten so used we have uh, you know we have a uh, Slack uh, Microsoft team we have Trello we have Basecamp we, we got so many things so anything everything you may not have as much interaction but since you are not going to have as much interaction as uh, previously when you are physically in the office then you must well just make use of the whole thing and make it everything virtual. If that is the case, then I will bet on the company because instead of the productions of the product that may take this long, let's say, I don't know, maybe it's 12 months, 18 months, but if I turn to a company that can actually run 24 7, hey, you know what? The money that I put in, I may actually get double of it. And this also means that deliverable of the products may actually be shortened. The product lifecycle for the development may actually be shortened. And when that happens, me as a VC, me as, a, me as an investor, I may actually look into it and say, okay, guess what? My returns can actually be higher. So I, I could say that that can be one angle that, uh, that a fundraising or, or founders can actually position themselves to get themselves a bit different from others, uh, other startups or other competitors when you're trying to get the investor's money. Paddy, thank you for joining us on Podcasts for Future CIO. Right, thank you very much. <laughs> That was Paddy Tan, managing partner Blackstorm Consulting, sharing his opinion and analysis on the startup landscape in Asia and how to thrive during a crisis. You are listening into podcast for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe. Have a great day and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO.
ไปพวกเรา